Oh, we have a good shepherd, don't we? He's been where we're going. Please take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So I will sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. O great God, indeed, this psalm is our prayer this morning. Our hearts are heavy. We are overwhelmed. But this morning, help us to take our eyes off of the problems off of the trials, off of the troubles in this life and help us to look to you. Truly lead us to the rock that is higher than us. Lift us above all that may distract us or tempt us to fear and pour out your mercy your loving kindness, your goodness upon us. I pray that you would calm my spirit now, that you would fill me with your spirit, and that your word, your truth, may go forth. Dear spirit, please, I beg you, do the work that only you can do. As Jesus said, you are the one that he sends to be our comforter, to be the one who comes alongside. Be just that today, Lord Jesus, 
dear Holy Spirit, with every one of us this morning. You know what is in each of our hearts. You know what is in each of our minds. You are good, and so we rest in you. And as we look at this this psalm, this song, this prayer from King David, Lord, I pray that you will use it in each of our hearts. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. May I read the psalm again? Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. See, law, think about it. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. A psalm written by King David. He begins by saying to his God, Hear my cry. I imagine that there were some tears that came with that cry. In another psalm, David says that God collects all of our tears in a bottle and he knows all of our problems. He keeps a record. Some of you may know I've added a few tears to that bottle, my bottle, this week. More than a few. And I've cried out to my God. Sometimes when we're in the struggles of life, we wonder and we're tempted to ask, does God really hear? Well, we find as we read this psalm that he does. And not only does he hear, but he also attends unto our prayers. We don't typically say things like that, do we? He attends to them. That means he takes care of them. That means that he not only hears, but he does something about it. You see, he hears our cries. 
and he attends unto our prayer. And in every time that we ask this question, does Jesus care? We can respond with absolute assurance that yes, he cares. Can you take your hymnal with me and turn to hymn number 428? Does Jesus care? I said goodbye to the tears. 
Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The ends of the earth. We use that phrase to describe a place we can't go place that is where we often find ourselves. It can be anywhere, can't it? It is a place where we don't want to be. It is a place where there is temptation to fear. It is a place where there may be misery. It is a place where there may be temptations, troubles, and problems. But you realize and know that what is stated here is that no matter where the ends of the earth may be for you, you can cry unto God, and he's going to hear you. You can cry to him when your heart is overwhelmed, when your heart is going to break, when your heart is burdened down so bad In fact, I wonder sometimes if we find ourselves in such turmoil that our heart doesn't quite beat right. Overwhelmed. There are things to overwhelm us in this life. And it's in those that we can cry to God and look to Him to lead us to a rock that's higher than us. That ends of the world place, that place where our heart is overwhelmed. Imagine with me for a moment of an illustration or a picture of, of a deep valley or a deep canyon or maybe perhaps a deep and dark cave. Don't know what's which way is what. I don't know. I've been to the Mammoth Cave before. You ever been there? And they go on this tour. You go into some of these, can, these, these different places where it, they turn off the lights and it's dark. You can't even see the hand in front of you. you can, it's so dark you can feel it. It's a pretty... Um, it, 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 it's a little disconcerting concerning the lights. I hope they come back on. I hope my guide stays there with me. One year we went to Mammoth Cave, and my brother Tim decided he was going to go on what was called the Wild Cave Tour. And it's where you had to be a certain size to go on it because you were going to go through holes that could only fit certain sizes. And um, there weren't going to be any lights but the light on your helmet. And um, let's put it this way, I did not go on that tour I didn't even measure myself to see if I would fit on that tour. <laughs> I didn't go on that tour because there was no way I was going to get down in a hole um, where it was about centimeters and whether or not I was going to fit through the hole. I mean, my imagination can go wild. It would be a scary place to be physically. Sometimes, though, we're in such places emotionally and mentally. And we need to be lifted up 
to the mountaintop. Where the sun is shining, where the clouds have cleared, where you can overlook and see everything. Now, I'm one who's also afraid of heights, get that. But you know what? Not if I'm on that rock that's higher than I with my God. Knowing that he will lift me up and I can see all that's coming. No enemy can come against me without me knowing it. I can see everything that's going on. I can even see when the storm's coming. This rock, you know, it's not a mountain. And it doesn't always give us that vantage point of knowing what's going to come. This rock is Jesus. This rock is our God. This rock is the one in whom we can trust, one whom we can set our feet upon as a sure foundation, one that we can face tomorrow knowing that his way is best, knowing that he sees the storm clouds coming, he sees the enemy coming, he is with us no matter what. In and of ourselves, we're in trouble. But when we seek our God, he lifts us up high, higher than ourselves as he sets us upon himself as the rock. This year in Family Bible Time, Brother Densmore has selected for us, if you take your We're Singing book and turn to number 147, the song, His Way is Perfect. And um, as we go through life and our heart is overwhelmed and we feel that we're in the end of the earth, we can trust him to lead us. Do you see that? The prayer is, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And you know, I painted a picture of that mountaintop. Sometimes it doesn't just happen from the cave to the mountaintop, does it? Sometimes God leads us through those valleys and those paths, all the while being our rock. But we don't always see as he sees. But as we follow his path towards the mountaintop, we know that he already sees everything as if he's on the mountaintop. And whether we go through valleys or we walk along the narrow path along a cliff, he's right there with us as our rock, our sure foundation, knowing everything and guiding us in a way for his way is perfect. Number 
Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Our God not only leads us to the rock that is higher than us, but all along that way, as he is our rock, he is also our shelter, and he is also our strong tower. And it says, from the enemy. I must confess, many times when I have read Psalms and even preached from the Psalms and come to the word enemy, I have made the comment that we don't have enemies quite like David had. That's not true. There are those who do great evil in our world who are enemies. God is a shelter when the storms come. And God is a strong tower from the enemy even when it doesn't feel like it. even when it doesn't feel like it. He's the one in whom we can find shelter from the storms. He's the one we can run to. He's the one we can hide in. We don't have towers nowadays, do we? But imagine with me if you were out on the plain, you were out in the field, and you saw an enemy pursuing you chasing you and there was a tower nearby where you could run you could run into it a fortress and you could close the door and you could bolt it and no matter how hard they shot their guns at you or their arrows at you or their catapults at you you would be secure in in a strong That's what God is like. God is like a strong tower, the one we can run to from the enemy, the one where we can find shelter in the time of storms. It doesn't mean that the storms don't come. It doesn't mean that as we continue through this life, we are not beaten down by enemies. But in the big picture of eternity, in the end, because of Jesus, we win. And so though it may not always be a physical shelter or a physical strong tower, in our hearts, and our spirits. God is such a shelter. He is 
such a strong tower. He is a mighty fortress. And no matter what assails him, nothing can break through. And so our hearts can rest safe. Our minds can be stayed upon Christ. And though the storms are fierce and the attacks are horror, in our hearts and in our spirits, we can be safe. Take hymnal, your hymnals and turn with me to number 33, a mighty fortress is our God.
Did you notice that last two phrases? The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. God is still a mighty fortress, even though the body they may kill. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Oh, the psalmist has prayed to his God to hear him, to attend to his prayer, to lead him to the rock that is higher than him. And then he acknowledges that his God is a shelter and a strong tower. And in reviewing these details, this psalmist now makes some declarations. He says, I will abide in thy tabernacle, your home, forever. Dearly beloved, this morning, if you are a child of God, he will lead you in this life. He will lead you. And you can abide in him. You can rest in him. You can know that you will abide in his tabernacle forever. Not just for a few moments, not just for a few days or years, but forever. I mean, imagine being able to go to a place that was safe, a place that was secure, a place where there was joy, a place where there was peace, a place where God lived. A tabernacle is a place where God lives. That's what's described here. It's, it's, it's his tabernacle, the place he lives. And here the psalmist says, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. There's no end. Even if I lose my life. This is faith. In fact, he declares his faith in the next phrase. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Here is an illustration, a picture of a mighty bird hovering over, gathering together the chicks under her wings to protect them. Jesus used this very same illustration when he beheld Jerusalem just a few days before he was to be crucified, he longed that the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, would gather to him, to him, that they would abide in him, that he could shelter them under his wings. Jesus on that day said, but ye would not. 
The psalmist here is saying, I will. I'll abide with you, my God. I know I will abide in your tabernacle forever. And so in the moments right now, I will trust under the covering, the protection, the shelter of your wings right now. You see, in our lives, no matter what we face, no matter what we deal with, as the children of God, we have been adopted. We have been adopted by God himself, the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Well, because not just the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything because he created everything. And he's all-powerful. Remember in the song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, he's, he's Lord of Sabaoth. You know what that means? It means he's the Lord, he's the God, he's Jehovah of the host of hosts. No matter how great the host of demons or evil men may be, he's Lord over them all. And in the end, he's going to win. In fact, I should rephrase that. He's already won, even though they think they're winning if we see it from the eternal perspective. And that's what the psalmist is doing here. He's in the midst of this situation, and he is looking beyond this moment, and he's looking to eternity. He's looking to that day knowing, well, he will dwell with God. God, a loving Father a good father. Which reminds me of what it says he will do for us in Revelation. In Revelation, it speaks of the new heavens and the new earth. And it speaks of God who is there. In Revelation 21 and verse 1, John saw in a vision and he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and shall be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Can you say with the psalmist, 
I will dwell in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, came to earth to die on the cross for your sin, my sin, the sins of the whole world, from the worst criminal to the little child who tells a lie. He died for all our sins. He was buried, and three days later, he rose again so that he could forgive us our sins, so that he could give to us everlasting life, so that we could be cleaned and washed, so that we could live in his tabernacle forever. And he be this great God dwelling with us. And so the psalmist declares that, rejoicing, rejoicing, as he lifts himself above. Really, it's not himself as being lifted above. He allows God to lift himself above the problem, to see eternity, that no matter what is happening here, dwell in the tabernacle of God. Are you adopted by the Creator God? Take your rear singing books and turn to number 95 as we sing the song, I'm Adopted. We haven't time this morning to continue through all of this song. Here at the end of verse 4, you see the word silah. You know what that means? 
meditate upon this. Think upon this. Indeed, the verses, the prayer that has come before gives us a lot to think about, doesn't it? A lot to meditate upon. After David meditated on these, these truths, he continued on and spoke of some vows that he made. We're not sure what these vows were, but let me offer you a suggestion as to what I think it's referring to here. There may have been other vows that David had made, but there are two vows that have just come in the previous verse, aren't there? I will abide in thy tabernacle forever, and I will trust in the covert of thy wings. And I say those sound like some two great vows. To abide, continually abide in Jesus Christ, your rock, your sure foundation, and continue to trust in him. He says, thou hast heard my vows. He may have made other vows, but from immediate context, it's these. There's other vows that men can make. Women can make, children can make. God hears them, the promises that we make. We need to keep them. He says, thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Now, those who fear the name of God are righteous people. Do you know that? They're people who do what is right, and they receive a heritage. They receive an inheritance. We just saying, I'm adopted. I'm a part of the family of God. You're not alone. You're with others who are a part of the family of God. You have brothers and sisters in Christ. With God as your Father, those who fear His name, that's great. He goes on and says, Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. Now, the king's life, who's the king? Well, I believe it's David, but I think it's significant more than David. You know why? Because David died and is buried, didn't he? But yet there was one greater than David who was of the seed of David who's actually referred to as David, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died and lives again. And it's through Jesus Christ, the seed of David, that David <laughs> could live his years as many generations. So can all of us. Because the great King of Kings gave his life and rose from the dead. He gives us life if we trust in him. Verse 7, he, I, referring to the king, shall abide before God forever. Again, abiding in God's very tabernacle, abiding in his presence. And then he says this, O prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve mercy and truth. You know, we need both, don't we? We need the truth. No matter how painful it would be, we need the truth. 
But in God's great goodness, when truth comes, it comes with mercy. The Hebrew word behind this word mercy is often translated mercy, but it's also translated loving kindness. With truth, God brings loving kindness. And here the prayer is, O prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. Here he's speaking of himself in the third person. God's loving kindness and truth is what preserves us. Don't hide from the truth. Don't hide from the truth. The truth needs to be known. But when the truth is known, and as it is known, know that with God it comes with loving kindness and with mercy. And in considering all of this, how does the psalmist end? So, I will sing praise unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. What you've said you will do, do. But you notice here that what helps this, this psalmist keep his vows, his promises, is singing the praise of God's great name. So too, do we need to praise his name? There's a beautiful hymn, hymn number 794 in your hymnal. Familiar to us all. His eye is on the sparrow. Jesus said that not even a sparrow falls without the Father taking notice of it. Do we take notice? So many times we miss things. God sees the sparrow that falls, the sparrow that dies. And Jesus said, if God cares that much as your father about the sparrows, just imagine how much he cares for you. He knows all, he knows, he knows all the hairs on your head. In fact, it's interesting. It doesn't say that he knows the number, because that makes sense to us, because God is omniscient, man. He knows all things. So check, he's got a database with all the number of hairs you have. It's actually more than that. It says that he numbers the hairs on your head. Now, I, I have a precious little one, and when newborn babies, their hair is so soft. Often I love as, as daddy to rub my hands through their soft, gentle hair. I never once tempted to number my children's hair. God loves you and me so much. And it's not that he just knows everything about us. He's right there with us. When he's rubbing his hands through our hair, he's counting them. That's how sweet of a daddy he is. Hymn number 794. 794. 